Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming and progressive Unitarian Universalist congregation, deeply committed to love and justice. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Jill. My name is Jill Braithwaite. It's great to be with you all this morning. Happy to be here. I've been a member of First Universalist for about 17 years, I think. I've um, served the church in many different ways, and I'm currently studying for a Master of Divinity uh, degree at United Theological Seminary. My name is Reverend Arif Mambani. I'm one of the ministers here at First Universalist, and I want to welcome you. I want, I want to welcome you to First Universalist Church. We are so glad that you're with us, whether you are tuning in with us live over Zoom or over YouTube, or whether you are enjoying the recording of the service later. I want to introduce you to Jill Braithwaite, our guest preacher this morning. Jill shared a little bit with you. I want to let you know that she has been a member of First Universalist Church since 2004. She's taught religious education, first step classes, has served on our board of trustees, been part of our welcome teams and strategic planning team. Jill has an MA in Theology and the Arts from United Theological Seminary and is currently studying there in the Master of Divinity program with a concentration in UU studies. We are super excited to have her here today, and I invite you to please join me in welcoming Jill. Jill, we're so excited to have you with us this morning. Thank you, great to be here. Let's take some time to settle our bodies and our spirits, to connect across time and space with our shared breath, one body of shared hope and purpose wherever we are. And so as we have been doing when we gather on Sunday mornings, I invite you to join me in taking three deep intentional breaths as we settle in to this time that we make sacred through our presence. So I invite you to let go of the words, to notice where you feel the breath most. Maybe it is at your nostril, the rise and fall of your chest or in your stomach. And then join me as we take a deep breath in. And slowly, slowly let it out. And another deep breath in. and slowly let it out. And one last breath at your own speed. Slowly let it out. Welcome once again, friends. It is a joy to be together. And will you please join Syl and Felix in lighting our chalice? Please join us for the lighting of our chalice. Love is the spirit of our church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Thank you for that beautiful, beautiful chalice lighting. 
So friends, I wanna share a story with you this morning. And the story that I want to share comes from the Buddhist tradition. Now there's a good chance that you've heard a version of this story already. The one that I wanna to share today goes like this. There is a person out walking in the woods. They're minding their own business when they hear a sound and they freeze knowing that sometimes in the woods there are dangerous animals around. So they're very still, but they're looking around carefully. And sure enough, there's a hungry tiger looking from some distance away, but getting closer. The person decides that they better not wait around to see if the tiger is looking at them as a snack or just passing through. And so they take off running. And sure enough, tigers being like pretty much all other cats, this movement convinces the tiger that whatever it is that's running, it must be worth chasing. And so the person is running away from the tiger and the tiger is chasing them. And the person gets to a cliff and seeing that the tiger is close behind, they look down the cliff and they see a tree branch a little ways down. And so they climb down this narrow path. They squeeze past some boulders, big tall boulders, and they grab hold of that tree just as the tiger is trying to climb down behind them. Now, because of the boulders and all that, the tiger can't get to them, but they're, you know, understandably worried. So they sort of climb out on that tree branch a little bit and they're hanging on there, hanging on to the tree branch, the tiger pacing, they can hear the tiger and they cry out for help. Someone help me, help. And a voice answers, yes. And the person yells, God, God, is that you? And again, the voice answers, yes. And terrified, the person yells, please, I'll do anything, just help me. And God answers, okay, then just let go. A couple of moments pass and the person yells, is anyone else there? Now friends, this is not a true story didn't really happen. There's no person, there's no tiger, no one is hanging onto a tree branch needing help. But there are stories like this in the Buddhist tradition that point us to a reality in our lives, that sometimes we need to let go of things so that we can move forward, so that we can move ahead toward the future that's calling us. Here's a way you might imagine it. Say you had a popsicle in one hand and a glass of really tasty lemonade in the other and sitting in front of you was your favorite meal. Can you imagine that? For you to take a bite of your favorite meal, you would need to put something down because we don't just dive our heads into our food, right? And that's kind of what the story points us to in a way, that sometimes we need to let go to move forward. And so I wanna invite you to notice those times in life 
where you need to let go of something to move ahead. And I invite you to notice to, uh, to, to notice what that letting go feels like. And then when you've done that, when you've noticed that need to let go, noticed what it feels like, please come tell us about it. We'd love to hear. Let's take a breath and settle our bodies. Let's take another breath and awaken our hearts. And let's take one more breath together and invite our spirits into this space. Will you join me in prayer? Spirit of life and love, source of reason and radiance. These days of cooler weather have been such a respite from the heat. We are grateful for this temperate weather, for the water that fills our lakes, for the shelter that we have here. We know that across our nation and around the world, others are not so fortunate. May our fortune, may our awareness propel our bodies into action to turn back the tide of environmental destruction and the warming climate that it causes. We may not see an end to heat waves and drought in our lifetimes, but we can for certain set the wheels in motion. And in that knowing, we know that we also live in this larger paradox. To be alive is to know and to hold multiple and conflicting truths at the same time. The world may be on fire in some places, literally, we know this in our bones. And we know that the earth is good and whole and holy and that we can rest in its goodness. Our lives are not one or the other, but both. And so friends, I invite you to share now in the chat or in the silence of your heart, those things that are weighing you down that we might hold them with you, knowing that when we hold things together, we can all hold more. There is so much that we're holding and we know that this life is not all one thing or another. That this life is not all sorrow or all joy, but that they are woven fine. And so in this time of prayer in community, I invite you now to share in the chat those things that are lifting your spirits that we might celebrate with you. Joy shared is joy multiplied. So share in the chat with us or speak aloud where you are, those things that are helping you to make it through. Does my heart good 
to see the many, many, many joys that we are sharing. Friends, as we end our time of prayer, I invite you to close our prayer as we always do. We pray that the grip of addiction be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that joy break through, and that love make every suffering bearable for us all. May it be so, and amen. And please join the York Hall family in singing Spirit of Life. Spirit of life, come unto me, sing in my heart all the sufferings of compassion, blow in the wind, rise in the sea, Walk around the block, do some deep breathing, chew on a cinnamon stick. These were some of the tips that I encountered about how to handle cravings when I was gearing up to quit smoking about 10 years ago. I was making, um, researching and making a huge list of these strategies as part of my planning. I don't need to tell you um, how many, how much I smoked, how many packs a day, it might have been a number between one and three. But let's just say that in the way of addiction, I really, really, really loved smoking. And at this time in my life, I had come to hate it just a bit more. It limited me in countless ways. It was frankly increasingly embarrassing and it was expensive. Oh, and did you know it's not great for your health? That too was true. I had recently started going to Al-Anon meetings and I could see that the 12 steps applied to my own struggle with cigarettes. The first few steps suggested that I needed to accept my powerlessness over my smoking addiction and turn my will over to my higher power. At the center of the process was acceptance as in the well-known serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I was planning, I was getting ready, and I had even taken the step of, telling, uh, of picking a quit date and telling a close friend about it. But I still wasn't quite able to actually envision doing it. I was stuck. I wanted to quit, and I didn't want to quit. You see, from previous attempts to quit and from times when I'd been trapped in a smoke-free space for a long time, 
I knew all about the discomfort and the pain that I experienced when that first craving hit and I didn't light up. I was truly terrified that quitting would mean never ending pain and discomfort. That was of course an irrational fear, but that didn't matter. My truth was that I was in my bones terrified like an addict. I knew there was a very simple way to avoid all that pain. And that was to keep smoking. Write down 10 personal benefits of quitting. Move to a different room, brush your teeth. I debated with myself. Surely there had to be some way to quit, some magical method in which I could avoid pain. Or maybe smoking was fine. So what if it limited my activities all the time, kept me from things that I loved? But yes, I did want to quit smoking. And I knew that at the end of the day, I could not do it without feeling pain. The Buddhist teacher, Tara Brach, writes about cultivating mindfulness and compassion in the practice of what she calls radical acceptance. She writes, we free ourselves when we stop the war against ourselves and instead learn to relate to our lives with a wise and compassionate heart. The way out of our cage begins with accepting absolutely everything about ourselves and our lives by embracing with wakefulness and care our moment to moment experience. By accepting absolutely everything, she writes, we are aware of what is happening within our body and mind in any given moment without trying to control or judge or pull away. I do not mean, she continues, that we are putting up with harmful behavior, our own or another's. Radical acceptance is an inner process of accepting your actual present moment experience. It means feeling sorrow and pain without resisting. Sing a favorite song, drink a glass of lemon water, call a friend. My quit date was looming. I started spending more time in prayer and meditation. The start of my daily prayer time was and still is this. Thank you God for the gift of this day, which I did not make. Thank you for my experience, strength and hope. Developing this spiritual discipline was new territory for me. Before this time, I hadn't really made space for deep, patient listening for the holy. It was opening up my sense of what spirit or God meant to me. And I was, to my surprise, developing a relationship with them. Count up the money you're saving, eat a healthy snack, busy your hands with a craft project. I kept adding to my list of strategies and tips. I kept praying and meditating, sitting with myself in silence. Praying felt good. I could feel something loosening in me and I kept listening for God. My understanding of God is as the great everythingness, all that is and all that gives rise to all that is. It is not a God that yells words back to me when I'm in trouble, like the man over the cliff experienced in the story Arif shared with us, but it is a God that I was coming to love. Again, Tara Brock. There is only one world, 
the world pressing against you at this minute. There is only one moment in which you are alive, this moment here and now. Radical acceptance reverses our habit of living at war with experiences that are frightening or painful. A moment of radical acceptance is a moment of genuine freedom. I kept praying, I kept meditating. I let myself really feel the life shrinking futility of continuing to smoke, of avoiding pain. I began to imagine accepting what I wanted to do and the pain that it would bring. And one day, while sitting quietly in the sun in my living room, leaning over with my hands together, weary with desperation, I felt a letting go. I felt myself to be falling into a great cosmic net and it caught me. For me, it was like what the theologian Augustine is talking about in his prayer that goes, thou has created for us, created us for thyself, O God, so that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And I was very clear that this was not a rest that relieves and eliminates all pain. This was accepting that there simply is no perfect pain reliever to be found. Instead, I felt myself to be held by this great everythingness, held, as we say in our faith community, by a love that will not let me go. And I accepted this too, and I could see clearly what was next. Tara Brock notes that the curious paradox of radical acceptance is that when I accept myself just as I am right now, then I can change. Then I can move into what's next. The day arrived. I woke up and I didn't smoke. And you know what? It was okay. I mean, those first two weeks after I stopped were rough. There was pain. I relied on friends. I walked around the block. I prayed. I chewed on cinnamon sticks. That was a super helpful one, actually. But the true key to making it through was the ongoing decision, the leap of faith, I would say, to accept the reality of pain. It really was that simple for me. When we accept what is happening right now, as Tara Brock says, we end our war with reality. We can let go of a standoff with our own lives and move instead into harmony with them. Is there something about yourself or your life that you are in a perpetual standoff with? Is there something that you wish were not true, that you want to avoid? Can you allow yourself to imagine just for a moment what it would be like to stop judging that thing, to stop separating yourself from it, and to accept it lovingly as part of you and your life? What might it feel like to let go of fighting against that part of yourself? What next step might that make possible? I come up against problems with acceptance over and over again. I run into something I find super hard and without even realizing it, I resist what's happening and hold my life at arm's length. 
at least now I have experience with practicing acceptance. And I know that I can bear pain, that pain is one of the truths of life and I can bear it with the help of my faith. I now have a revised list of tips and strategies that includes these. Practice radical acceptance about everything in your life, including the icky stuff. Be patient with yourself. Move forward toward faith in whatever is sacred to you and let go. May it be so and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F I R S T U N I V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, Visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.